Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to another Spare Parts episode of Unscrewed, where we bring you a little of this, a little of that, and we get you in and out in 15 minutes or less. Hello, hello, Unscrewed Nation. How are you? Spring is springing somewhere, even if it's not where you are. Uh, as I record this in Boston, it's very gray and rainy, but what can you do? I want to start off just by saying sorry. I know I missed the last Spare Parts episode. I had a lot of shit going on in my life that was not good, and I just had to deal with it. So I apologize. This is one of the hazards of being a completely independent producer is it's all on you. And sometimes when there's a crisis you don't get it done. So I'm sorry, but I'm back and I'm really happy to be talking into your ears. All right. We obviously have to talk about all of the horrifying six-week abortion bans that have passed in recent weeks. I'm not going to talk in great detail about it. They're hot nightmares. Six weeks is a time at which most people who are pregnant don't even know they're pregnant yet. So... Six-week abortion bans are really an attempt to ban all abortion, just to be clear, which is really an attempt to control women's bodies and keep us subjugated. Plain and fucking simple. They have a lot more impacts than that, but that is what the attempt is about. And this attempt is plainly because they think the Supreme Court is favorable to them. The folks who pass these laws are hopeful that the Supreme Court will uphold them and overturn Roe v. Wade. That is nakedly what is happening here. What's also going to happen is a lot of women and children are going to suffer and sometimes die, be imprisoned for miscarriages, be criminalized for leaving the state to have an abortion, be disenfranchised because you get convicted of a felony and now you can't vote. A lot of horrible shit is going to flow from this if it is allowed to stand, which it may well be. And if you want to understand better the state of current abortion politics in the Trump slash Kavanaugh era, I highly recommend going back and listening to the first episode of this season with Robin Marty, who published Handbook for a Post-Row America and talked to us about it in January for our Dystopia Buddies episode. So if you haven't listened to that or if you need a refresh, check it out. So the question now, of course, is how to respond. 
And the thing I really want to talk to you about is the fucking idea of a sex strike, which if you were on Twitter this weekend, you saw Alyssa Milano suggest and a lot of people suggest that that was a terrible idea and her suggest that those of us who think it's a terrible idea don't care about women and abortion, which is hot horseshit, as I said on Twitter. Sex strikes are a terrible idea, especially as broadly called as this one. I mean, I have long advocated that you shouldn't fuck anybody who doesn't support your bodily autonomy. Uh, and I think that continues to be true. So if that's a sex strike, call me a sex striker. But she's saying no women have sex until this gets overturned, which, A, let's be real. Some women are involved in passing these laws. I know it's horrifying, but it's true. B, that we're all fucking people who support these laws or who are inactive on these laws and that we're all straight, I think, is the assumption. And I, and I think the most pernicious and underlying assumption is that women's sexuality is instrumental, which is exactly what these motherfuckers think. And if you saw what happened on Twitter, like a lot of anti-abortion activists got on there to say, yes, this is a wonderful idea because we think women should close their fucking legs. That should be our first clue that this is a terrible tactic. So don't sex strike. If you're in one of these states and you are worried about getting pregnant, that's real. First of all, you should check and see if the laws have actually taken effect in your state or not. I know in Georgia it has not taken effect yet, so that should impact your decisions. But in addition, there are lots of sex things you can do that don't expose you to any risk of pregnancy. And you can do all those delightful sex things, as well as taking extra birth control precautions. You know, you're going to need to make your own decisions about your level of risk you're willing to take under these new laws. Uh, and I feel for you and I'm going to keep fighting for you. But as a political tactic, as the idea that we're going to change hearts and minds by withholding sex is a horseshit and long debunked idea that posits women as straight and sexual gatekeepers who don't really want sex for our own reasons, but only are willing to say yes or no to men as it suits us, which, yeah, I think I've said everything I'm going to say about that. There's lots of shit to do instead. Okay, so there's other stuff to do. You can donate to on the ground grassroots organizations. By the way, the cut.com which is one of the websites of New York Magazine, has, I'm drawing these from a great article there. You can donate to grassroots organizations, uh, including Sister Song Reproductive Justice Network, uh, which is an amazing network of women of color-led repro justice organizations uh, doing constantly fantastic organizing and direct service work on the ground. I highly recommend getting in touch with and get, giving your support to Sister Song. Access Reproductive Care Southeast, which helps families in 12 states across the Southeast access reproductive care. The National Network of Abortion Funds, which I know you all know about from my show. And NAF is a network of more than 80 funds in at least 38 states that help people fund abortions who couldn't otherwise access abortion for economic reasons. Uh, and you can pick funds in the impacted states directly if you want. I could go on and on. There are a lot of amazing activists doing work on the ground here, and you should be funding them. Crossing your links and not having sex in your own personal bedroom is not going to change shit except make you unhappy. If you live in one of these states or even if you don't, you can volunteer as a clinic escort and support folks who are seeking abortion in hostile environments. All of us can speak up about the potential repercussions. We can keep talking in our own communities about why this matters and how bad it is. Uh, and especially speaking up 
especially when we don't know how it's going to be received, right? So it's easy to speak up when you know your friends who agree with you and you're all bitching about how horrible and terrifying it is, which is a valid thing to do and we all need support. But if you want to change things, you have to be willing to speak up when you're not sure how your opinion is going to be received or when you are sure that it's not going to be received well. Speak up. Be brave. The other thing you can do is wherever you are, make sure that you're doing what you can to protect abortion rights where you live. So in a number of states, there are efforts to pass laws to ensure that if Roe falls, that abortion will be protected in that state. And that law will already be on the books. So check out what's happening in your state. Or if you're in a state that have abortion restrictions on the books that predate Roe, you could also be working to repeal those. Because it's entirely possible, for real, that Roe is going to fall. So we need to be prepared. And lastly, to be prepared, get educated about how to access medical abortion, pill abortion. Train yourself, train other people, spread the word. Robin Marty also has resources on that on her website for Handbook for Post-Roe America. And you can also go to womenonweb.org about how to access medical abortion no matter what country you live in. Get educated and spread the word. Uh, We are going to have to help each other out in a post-Roe landscape. Boo, I wish I had better things to talk about. So I am. I'm going to talk about something better, which is I promise it's better than what we were talking about. You may not be happy about it, but we're coming up on summer hiatus for Unscrewed. Just have one full episode coming next week and then a spare parts after that. And then we will take in a break for the summer. And I was thinking about this summer, instead of running reruns like I do sometimes, running episodes about unscrewing the sexual culture from other podcasts. And to do that, I want to ask for suggestions from you. Maybe you have a podcast. Maybe you listen to a podcast. It doesn't have to be a podcast that's all about unscrewing the sexual culture. It could just be an amazing episode that happens to touch on something really to Unscrewed. I would love to hear about your recommendations and we can maybe do a crowdsourced Unscrewed Nation version of other amazing content to listen to while we are on summer hiatus. So send me your recommendations. I can't promise I can use them all because I'm going to have to get permission to run them from the people who do the show. But I would love to know what you're listening to that pertains to the sexual culture. Also, because next Spare Parts is going to be the last Spare Parts for a while, I would love to get your updates if you have received advice from me. I have a couple of updates that I'm already saving. Uh, but if if you've got advice, if you've, if you've written in for advice and you've gotten advice, however it's gone, even if you think my advice was bad and it turned out to not work out, like I would love to hear from you and hear how it went and, and give a little report back to everybody before we take a summer break. Speaking of writing in, I do have an advice question this week. It is from listener Rory, who writes, I'm writing you because I could use some guidance career-wise. I've realized since graduating with a theater degree that I actually really don't want to be an actor, that I want to do politics and feminism and organizing. So I kicked around what I want that to look like for me, and I realized that I really want to do sex education. I wanted to reach out to you specifically because as I'm making connections and moving towards applying to places so I can get paid to do this, I'm scared. And I really value the advice you give listeners about all sorts of things. So I could use some support, to be honest. I'm worried that since I don't really have experience in this or a degree in anything related, that people won't want me. I'm scared that there just aren't enough available jobs in this field paying livable wages. I'm scared of taking the leap. 
I know that I can do it. I could just use some wisdom from someone who's been making it work and being a badass for as long as I've known about her slash you. Rory, that's very sweet. I'm excited that you want to be a sex educator, but I'm going to say something that you maybe don't want to hear, which is those fears are valid. Sex education is not a particularly lucrative field. It is not valued enough, and there aren't enough institutions that value enough to pay people to do it. It is a hard road. Like, I did not set out to become a sex educator, and while I know that's a box people put me in, and I do some things that are called sex education, I've never set out to make a living as a sex educator in the way that you're framing it. And I, and when I set out to do anti-rape work, I did it as a volunteer for a couple of decades before I actually started getting paid to do it. In a, and I did it in a variety of ways. I worked on hotlines. I taught self-defense. I guess that was paid, but it was a part-time job, you know, and I would do slam poetry about it because I liked to do slam poetry. Nobody paid me for that. So one of the best ways to get experienced at something is to do it as a, on a volunteer basis, because the more you can test things out and get trained and apprentice with people, the better you're actually going to be. Because there's a lot to learn too, you know, and, and learning on the job when you're a volunteer and you've got somebody supervising you and helping you out is a lot easier than learning on the job when you're just up there as the expert and no one is going to help bail you out. And so my best advice to you is to make this transition a little more gentle and figure out what you're going to do for income in the meantime. I mean, look, I spent most of my 20s having like five jobs at a time, like five part-time jobs. I taught math SAT prep for Princeton Review and I was somebody's personal assistant and and I on the side did things that I felt really passionate about and it was only in my like mid late 30s that it all really started to come together into an actual career and getting education if you want some I mean there are a number of ways to get trained up as a sex educator there's ASECT of course which is a pretty intensive and expensive program but will get you a lot of education there's Widener which is an amazing grad school for sex educators and sex researchers but there's also newer stuff so a colleague of mine named Anne Hottership just launched a project called Everyone Deserves Sex Education, and she just did her first 25-hour training a couple of weekends ago, and I heard great things about it. And that's maybe a little more accessible than doing something like ASECT or Widener. I don't know when she's doing the next one, but I definitely highly recommend her. So there are different options for getting trained, but regardless, like... Everyone I know in sex education, even people you really know and admire, including myself, are really genuinely struggling financially right now. It's a tough field, and I wish I could tell you differently. So the other thing I would advise is, like, figure out what you bring in particular. Having a lane is going to help you differentiate yourself when you're going out for consultancies or jobs or teaching workshops, those sorts of things, the more specific you can get about why you want to teach sex ed and what that means to you, the better off you're going to be. I hope this is not too discouraging a conversation. I don't want to discourage you. I want there to be an army of fantastic feminist sex educators out there and lucrative jobs for all of us. But I just also don't want to blow smoke up your ass. So 
follow your passion 100%. But that doesn't, it's not necessarily going to mean you're going to have a job right this second. And if you have a sex or sexuality related advice question for me, we have one more spare parts coming up. I have time to get one more in. Send it on to me at unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. That is all we have time for this week. Don't forget to send me suggestions for episodes to play of other podcasts to play over the summer. Also, if you have requests for topics you want me to cover in the fall season, I'm going to be taking those and starting to think about that over the summer, getting that underway. I always love hearing from you, unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. Make sure you're following me in the meantime on social media, Jacqueline F. on Twitter and Jacqueline F. on Instagram. And make sure you're subscribed to Unscrewed on the player of your choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Acast or Stitcher. And while you're in there, you know what to do. Did you like this season? Give us five stars. Write literally two sentences about why. And it really helps other people find the show. Unscrewed is produced by yours truly, Jacqueline Friedman, and edited by the amazing Natalia Rodriguez. Our in-and-out music is by The Pink Tiles, and our cover art is by Nicole Dodonna, and was developed in collaboration with The Establishment, who also developed the sound cues. Until next week, I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.